1: lift up jesus is part of an outreach ministry from shepherd church in los angeles california our pastor is Dudley rutherford and we join him right now with his message for us today
2: but instead he had the courage to stay up on the cross and to follow god's will for his life again paul was one of the apostles of the new testament church he had lots of authority he had lots of power but instead he chooses to be gentle i think of the old adage that we catch more flies with honey than with vinegar amen Amen. and it's true that we'll we'll reach more people with the grace of god than we will in being dogmatic about doctrine often I want to ask you, have you ever read someone's Facebook post or Instagram post, and and you just wanted to slap the person? (laughs) Has that ever happened to you? I mean, every every, every once in a while I read something, I go, are you serious? You're going to post that? I just want to slap the person. But it takes courage not to slap that person. It takes courage, stay with me, it takes courage to be kind when you want to be unkind. It takes courage to love when you want to be unloving. It takes courage to speak up when you'd rather be silent. And it takes courage to be gentle with people when you want to be heavy-handed with them. Number three, write this down it takes kingdom courage to lead by your example anyone can sit up in an ivory tower and shout out commands to the townspeople but it's a whole nother thing for you to come down out of your ivory tower and simply lead by your example Don't anybody write me a letter or be offended about what I'm getting ready to say. But that's one of the reasons why we were so upset with Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom because they ordered all of us to be in lockdown while she was out at a salon and he was at that fancy restaurant eating fancy food. You don't have to clap for that. It was just in my brain to say that. Paul says, now look what he says in verse 10. He says, You guys are all witnesses. You saw this. And so did God, by the way, of how holy and righteous and blameless we were when we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father oh now he's talking about fatherhood he switched he was talking about how he was motherly now he's talking like he was fatherly he says for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children verse 12 encouraging comforting urging dad you urge your kids to live right i hope you do urging them to live lives worthy of god who calls you into his kingdom and glory but if you put all that together what he's saying there is we didn't just preach at you we actually lived among you you saw with your own eyes how holy and how righteous And how blameless we were. Paul wasn't up in the ivory tower barking down orders on how to live. No, he walked among them and set the example for them. Now you know for a fact that we could accomplish far more in this world if we had the courage to lead by our example in holiness and righteousness. This world does not need another preacher telling them how to live. I want to say that again. This world does not need another preacher telling people how to live. What this world needs are people who will show them how to live. There's always been this debate on what is a healthy church or an unhealthy church, a dysfunctional church, and and, um, you know, like, like how many of you think this is a relatively healthy church? Raise your hand if that's what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many of you think this is kind of a dysfunctional church? Raise your hand. I mean, a few of you out there. So someone came up with this list. You know, if you're you're in a a dysfunctional church, if uh, the ushers frisk everyone before they enter. You know you're in a dysfunctional church when the name of the church is the wrath of God community church. (laughs) When the music director leads the choir with a whip, where every baptismal candidate is required to watch the movie Titanic, and where the deacons' meetings begin with these words, let's get ready to rumble, you know you're in a dysfunctional church if that's the case. I look at the church and I know it's not perfect. The church is not perfect because it's made up of imperfect people. We get lots of criticism. We get criticism from within, but we get lots of criticism from without. Because again, people like to criticize the church and bash the church and downplay the importance of church. And we do have hypocritical people here because again, we're made up of imperfect people. But what this world needs, yes, the gospel needs to be preached. But we also need a group of people who will simply say, hey, follow my lead. And and, and as I am holy and as I live a righteous life and as I live as God has called me to live. This is the most powerful impact we can have in our culture. Because it takes courage to stand for Christ in a culture that is opposed to the church it takes courage to defend the church when everyone's trying to bash the church it does take courage to live a pure life when it seems like everyone is living an impure life it takes courage not to swear and to curse when everybody else seems to be swearing and cursing it takes courage not to go to a club when everyone else is going to a club it takes courage to stand up For the life of the unborn, where the world is telling you to sit down and to be quiet. It takes courage to stand against social and racial injustices. It takes courage to stand up for that. And it takes courage, it does, it takes courage to say no to the world and the things of the world, and to say yes to the things of God. Amen? Amen. Number four, write this down. It takes kingdom courage to stand firm against Satan's schemes. I want you to know that this fall, after the summer stuff, this fall we're going to do about a six, seven, eight week series on just standing up for the things of God. I want to finish with what I believe is probably one of the key verses in this chapter that people just skip over but for me it's kind of the glue that brings everything together verse 18 so this church has a lot of questions they're starting to doubt Paul his integrity they got questions about the second coming he writes this whole letter just expressing his love that he's he's motherly and he's fatherly and he's just trying to help them and encourage them and lead by example and even though he got ran out of town he wants them to know that the church is still legit the gospel is still legit everything that he taught is still true that jesus is the messiah and then he says in verse 18 i i wanted to come to you i i i didn't want to just write you a letter and send you the letter i actually wanted to come so i could sit down with you face to face so that you could see my heart. I wanted to come visit you, certainly I, Paul, again and again and again and again and again. That's what I wanted, but... He says, Satan stopped it. Satan always goes against kingdom people and satan is going to hear me out he's going to constantly attack you on every side anytime you want to be holy or godly or pure you want to do something spiritual in your life any decision you make that involves blessing the kingdom of god satan will come up against you every single time you go back over this outline look at your outline i'm convinced this is me you don't have to agree with it but i'm convinced that the only reason many of you are here is because you do want to please god that's why you're here but was it a struggle for you to get here i bet satan threw a thousand things in your way to keep you from coming to church he succeeded with most people you overcame and got here I believe that that every single person in this room, when you look at the world and you see people hurting and you see their questions, that you don't want to just throw the Bible and be heavy-handed, that there's something within you that you want to learn how to compassionately care for people to help them in their difficulties. I believe that that's what you want to do. And I also believe with all of my heart that you want to lead not with your words but you want to lead by your example but don't think for one second that those three goals are going to be easy because Satan is alive I don't want to say alive and well Satan is alive and not well and he's more alive Satan is more alive than the person sitting right next to you right now and he's got one goal satan's got a goal he wants to keep you spiritually dead in this life and destroy you eternally by keeping you from accepting jesus christ as your lord and savior and there's not a day goes by in this world where we don't hear of another human tragedy another child that has decided to live a life of rebellion another criminal committing another crime another marriage that disintegrates and falls apart another christian that's hypocritical in their faith another leader that experiences moral failure another person rejecting the grace of almighty god it happens every day many of you here today in the older generation remember a radio commentator by the name of paul harvey you can still hear his rich voice saying hello america this is paul harvey stand by for the news he did more than share news he provided social commentary he was a committed christian and back in 1965 on april the 3rd this is almost 60 years ago on the radio he did this monologue called if I were the devil. And he said, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States of America. I would subvert the churches first with the wisdom of a serpent. I would whisper to you as I whisper to Eve, do as you please. And to the young I would whisper, that the Bible is a myth and I would convince them that what's bad is good and what's good is boring. And to the old, I would teach to pray after me these words, Our Father, which art in Washington. And if I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellect, but I would neglect to discipline them. Just let them run wild. And before you knew it, You'd have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. He said this 60 years ago. I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I would evict God from the courthouse. I would evict God from the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress. And if I were the devil... I would take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And I would convince the young that marriage is old fashioned and that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul, Harvey, good day. No, Paul, it's not a good day. It's a sad day because Satan is real. And you need to know as you go throughout this life and trying to live for God in his kingdom that Satan's goal is to keep you from putting your faith in Jesus and then living a devoted life to him. As I close, I want you to write this down. I want to get put two things together here for you. You have to have courage to pick up a Bible. You're never going to defeat Satan if you don't pick up a Bible. if 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 you don't have this courage here, you're not going to have the courage to go up against him. You remember Jesus, don't you, when he was tempted in the wilderness right after he was baptized? The very first thing that happened to him after he got baptized was he's tempted three times by the devil himself face to face and all three times in order to defeat Satan, Jesus quoted Scripture. You remember? You remember? Go back and look at verse 13, I mean, verse 13. He writes, "We also, oh, I love this. I, we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as word of men, but as it actually is the word of God which is at work in you who believe." You got to you got to you got to get a Bible in your hand. You're trying to live your life in the kingdom of God and you don't even have a Bible in your hand. Some of you need to put a Bible in both hands. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Now write these five words down as quickly as you can. Write them down. The thumb, the thumb. You got to read it. But well, I don't understand it. Just keep reading it. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of boring. Just keep reading it. And then study it. Spend some, spend some time studying it. Spend some time meditating on it. Spend some time memorizing it. And what's, 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 what's that little pinky... What's that little pinky doing there? What is what is that doing down there? What do you what do you write on that little word there? What's the word there? You gotta apply it. You know when you came to church and you saw all these kids? What was going through your mind when you saw all those kids? Were you happy? Oh. You know what I was thinking? that kid didn't get up on this stage by himself no that kid's got some parents who made sure that they want to raise that child in the training and instruction of the lord and so they got the co- the child in the car and they drove over here week after week after week because they want to get the word of god inside each of those child's heart and i will tell you as cute as these kids are and they're cute Not one of them, not one of them are going to make it in this life. Without the Word of God being planted in their heart, they won't make it. Why do you say that? Because of the culture in which we live. And every single thing that these kids are being taught in the school systems are designed to further destroy the makeup of the home and to keep the word of God from their heart and I will tell you you parents that bring your kids and do all this stuff you are good parents to make sure they're at church and in youth group and you're leading them by your example not just preaching at them but you actually live this out And then you, like these mothers, you get down and you pray a covering over these kids. They're going to make it. They're going to make it. They're going to make it.
1: We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our website again is liftupjesus.com. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash, and then the word reach. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Glory, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. We know this daily devotional will be a blessing to you. It also makes the perfect holiday gift for a friend or loved one. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. On Wednesday, January 25th, Shepherd Church presents The Passion Play, a dramatic retelling of the life, death, and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For the first time ever, the Passion Play will air on broadcast television this Easter. On January 25th, Shepherd Church will be doing a live recording that is open to the public. Admission is free. We hope to pack the house as we prepare to present the gospel message. See you January 25th at 7 p.m. for the Passion Play. For more information, visit passionplaylive.com. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.